Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Happy best day of the week, friends and faithful listeners. Yes, it is Friday. And uh, to me, Friday is the best day of the week. I don't know about you guys, but I want to let you guys know of something that I'm very, very sorry for. I'm going to be taking Monday off from the podcast. I know. I know. I'm very sorry. I'm going to have a three-day weekend. It's just my husband and I have not seen each other. We are strangers in the same home because we have both been very, very busy with our jobs. And so um, so I'd like to see my husband for a change. So I am going to be taking Monday off. But I hope you join back in Tuesday. I'll be back on Tuesday. So let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 6 today, verses 25 through 32. This is going to be one spicy episode. Grab your cup of seven weeks coffee, the coffee brand that supports babies in the womb, or a cup of tea for you guys that don't enjoy coffee for some reason. Grab your favorite beverage and also your Bible in the version that you prefer, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. That same night, Yahweh said to him, Take your father's bull, even the second bull, seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is by it. Then build an altar to Yahweh your God on top of this stronghold, in an orderly way, and take the second bull, and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah which you shall cut down. (laughs) Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and did as Yahweh had spoken to him. Because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, he could not do it by day, but he did it by night. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asherah was cut down that was by it, and the second bull was offered on the altar that was built. They said to one another, Who has done this thing? When they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, because he has broken down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the Asherah that was by it. Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal? Or will you save him? He who will contend for him, let him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because someone has broken down his altar. Therefore on that day he named him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal contend against him, because he has broken down his altar. Where we left off last time, God had just chosen Gideon. And Gideon was supposed to go and defeat the Midianites. But basically, God's like, okay, before you go anywhere near the Midianites, Gideon, you're going to do something else. You're going to get your house in order. So he tells Gideon that very night, the very same night that he called Gideon, go break down the altar to Baal that your dad has and also cut down the Asherah pole that's sitting next to it. God literally commands Gideon to break down an altar to Baal and to cut down a goddess. This would have been so difficult. And in some ways, this is just as difficult as going against an entire army of Midian. Because this is going against popular culture and the people of your hometown. Gideon could have potentially been killed by the people of his town. He could have potentially been ostracized forever by them. So this would be like, this would be like God directly coming to you and saying, hey, you need to go destroy that pride flag that's like sitting in the middle of your city. 
You need to go destroy it and you need to take it down off the flagpole and you need to cut it up into pieces and burn it. Just think about how difficult that would be. You would be going against popular culture. Can you imagine how the media would frame that? Can you imagine how the people of your hometown would treat you? Can you imagine how your own family members would treat you if you did something like that? This would be so difficult. And you can see how the people responded to Gideon when he did this. After he broke down the altar of Baal, the people come up to him and they were ready to kill Gideon because of this. This shows how much Baal and Asherah permeated the Israeli culture. Because Asherah was like a sex goddess. She was the uh, consort to Baal. So often you would see a altar of Baal next to an Asherah pole, and both of them would be worshipped. And because Asherah was like the goddess of sex, I'm pretty sure her pole looked like a giant uh, phallic object. <laughs> you, you guys know exactly what I mean. So Asherah was the goddess of sex, basically. Goddess of fertility. She was Baal's consort. So everything having to do with like sexuality, that's what Asherah stood for. Baal, on the other hand, was the god of thunder, the god of lightning, and he was the god of weather as well. He helped, apparently, according to the people at the time, he helped control the weather. And so if you prayed to Baal, maybe you would have a good crop season or something like that. So these two objects of worship were so integrated into Israeli culture that they were ready to kill Gideon because Gideon tore down these things. But let's get into this a little bit more. That same night, Yahweh says to Gideon, take your father's bull, even the second bull, seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is by it. So Gideon's family clearly had some level of, I would guess, wealth, because not only did Gideon have like a young goat that he was able to give to Yahweh. But it also says that his dad had two bulls. And God didn't require both bulls. He only required the one. But you can see here that Gideon's family did have some wealth, even though the Midians were so terrible. There's always going to be somebody that, even in the worst times, there's always going to be somebody that has more wealth than other people. And it looks like Gideon's family did have more wealth than a lot of people. But his family had two bulls. God requires the second bull. And he tells Gideon, take the second bull, the one that is seven years old, and go and throw down the altar of Baal that your dad has, and also cut down the Asherah pole that's next to it, and then build an altar of God on top of this stronghold in an orderly way. It's interesting that God tells him to do it in an orderly way. God is very orderly. If you'll notice, every time like God tells somebody to build something to him, there's always like a structure to it. It actually says in scripture that God is not the author of confusion. That means that God is in fact orderly. And so he tells Gideon to be orderly as well. He says, build an altar to me in an orderly way and take the second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. I just found that so funny when I read that. 
<laughs> Take the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. So the, the wood from the Asherah pole, the phallic object was to be made into the wood for burning the burnt offering on. I just find that absolutely amazing. And like God, you know, from the very beginning, he destroys other gods. Like there's like nothing left of them. I and mean, think of think of just all the gods we've talked about already. The Egyptian gods, every single plague that Yahweh God sent to Egypt was targeting a different Egyptian god that the Egyptians would worship. So like, for example, the frog god, God sent a plague of frogs to say, don't worship frogs because look at what they can do to you. Uh, for the for the boils, God sent a plague of boils so that the people would stop worshiping Isis, the god goddess of uh, health or whatever. So like God targeted a different famous Egyptian god with every single plague that he brought. He like literally destroyed the Egyptian gods. And then think about the god that the Israelites made in the wilderness, the, gol the golden calf. <laughs> Moses ground it down into dust and made the people drink it. So it literally became like fecal matter. Like <laughs> God, Yahweh God wants us to have nothing to do with any God that is not him. The same thing here with this altar to Baal and this Asherah pole. God wants us to have nothing to do with those bad ideologies. And here's the reason why people always go back to those same bad ideologies. I mean, think about it. Asherah was the goddess of sex and fertility. What do people now in our culture worship? Sex and gender and whatever else. It's always about uh, whoever you're sexually attracted to. It's the same thing over and over and over. It's the same recycled crap over and over and over that people like to worship. And God wants us to have nothing to do with these gods. It's because they're bad for us. I mean, depression right now is worse than it's ever been. Ever in like the history of America, basically. It is so bad right now. And yet people are doing whatever they want to do. They're saying, oh, these things are going to make you happy. But clearly that's not true because you can look at statistics and see that people are increasingly unhappy the more people start worshiping these other ideologies that are not God. Worshiping Yahweh is healthy for us. It's healthy for us because God gives us the guidebook of how we should live. Yahweh is the one who created us. He's the maker of us. So if he made us, clearly he knows how we are supposed to function. He knows how we are supposed to operate. And so he gave us an entire book to show us how to function and how to operate. And it's called the Bible. And the more we stray away from the way we're supposed to function and operate, the more miserable and unhappy we are going to be. Worshiping God is what gives us life and peace, not just here in this world, but in the life to come. If you don't worship Yahweh, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not going to have life after death. And God cares about our souls. He doesn't want us to worship Baal and Asherah and whatever else we worship. He wants us to worship him because that is what gives us literal life. So he says, cut down the Asherah pole and tear down the altar to Baal. So it says in verse 27 that Gideon took 10 of his men, 10 of his servants and did as Yahweh had spoken to him because he feared his father's household and the men of the city. He could not do it by day. So he did it by night. 
So Gideon was very, very scared. And I can't really blame him on this one. I I cannot blame him. Just like the example I gave at the beginning of this episode, you know, going to your city center and tearing down the pride flag or whatever else is over there in the middle of the day, that'd be very hard and very, very scary to do. But the thing was, the people knew who did it. So Gideon did it by night to avoid the people, but everybody figured out who did it. And they figured it out very quickly. It says, when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. (laughs) So uh, they figured it out extremely quickly. So they bring Gideon out. They go over to Joash, who is Gideon's dad. And they're like, all right, bring your son out because we're killing him. Look what he did to the the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole. Bring him out. We're going to kill him. Because that's how much this ideology permeated the culture at this time period. So much that they were going to kill Gideon over something fake. Gideon's dad responds very well here. Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal or will you save him? He who will contend for him, let him him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself because someone has broken down his altar. So he's basically like, no, don't kill my son because if Baal is a god and, uh, you know, if we worship Baal, he's going to kill Gideon for doing this stuff. And the people actually liked that logic. They were like, yeah, you're right. We don't have to kill Gideon. We'll just have Baal do it for us instead. But what's funny about that is uh, Baal was fake. (laughs) And so Baal obviously wouldn't do anything to Gideon. And so the people said, let Baal contend against Gideon because he has broken down his altar. And so Gideon's name that very day became Jerubbabel, (laughs) which literally means let Baal contend. That became like an honor for Gideon, you know? Even though I'm sure that name, the people meant it as like an insult against Gideon or like some sort of curse on Gideon, it was not a curse at all. It became like a cool name (laughs) because Baal couldn't do anything to Gideon. So just sort of funny. And Gideon became the guy in the city that broke down the altar of Baal. So sometimes God, I think the moral of the story, sometimes when God calls you, he He calls you to do some extremely scary things. But in the end, if God calls you to do something, it's going to be okay no matter how it looks. I can imagine Gideon was probably shaking in his boots when all the men came up to his father's door and basically wanted to kill him. I can imagine Gideon was so afraid, but he was okay in the end. Not only was he okay in the end, He got a cool new name (laughs) and he also became the savior of the time period for Israel. He became the next judge. And it says at the end of Gideon's life, he lived to a very old age. So God took care of Gideon. God called Gideon to do a very scary and a very hard thing. But in the end, Gideon was in fact okay. So when God calls us to stuff, even though it's scary, he does see us through to the very end. Faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I am sorry about Monday, but I am going to be taking that day off. But here's the good news. Okay, the good news is that you don't need me, you don't need this podcast to read the Bible. So that's what I ask you guys to do on Monday. Just pick up the Bible and uh, read whatever God calls you to read for that day. 
Faithful listeners, go over to the YouTube channel because the YouTube channel has content that is not on the podcast. I have another interview that's going to be coming out very quickly about a guy that I know who was in a terrible motorcycle accident. And he has agreed to do a YouTube video interview with me. And he's gonna talk about his testimony and some of the most terrible things that I've ever heard happen to a person and how he persevered through those things. Faithful listeners, I will see you all on Tuesday. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,